0: Perception Perception is reality. Reality. The Bob and Tom Show! Bob and Tom... Oh wait, nope, it's me, Christopher H. Bilberry. That means this is Perception is Reality, episode 94. Let's get to it! Welcome, everyone! Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're staying indoors and not getting any of the COVID-19 on you, if you haven't heard... There's a little bit of a pandemic-y thing going on outside, so stay away from that. I want to thank you for giving me a little bit of your time, whether you're longtime listeners or you've been here for just the last couple episodes. And I'm going to ask you to share the show with everyone you know. The name is Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, but you can find it on all major podcast hosting sites simply by searching Bilbrey, B-I-L-B-R-E-Y, podcast. So do that. And share the show, get it out there to everyone you know. Today, we're going to be talking to a small business owner in the East Central Indiana area. Someone who definitely has drive. Somebody who has the small business type of mindset Someone who really kicks it in the teeth and says, you know what, I'm going to do everything that I can do to stand my ground, to hold my own, and carve out a little bit of the American dream for myself and my family. But then a pandemic struck. And then the government struck. And so now she's in a little bit of a spot, a little bit of a pickle, if you will. And, you know, just like the rest of us, she's facing uncharted waters uncharted territory and you know it's uh it's 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 heartbreaking my my father was a small business owner it was a larger small business but this would have crippled him and so i definitely sympathize with those people that are trying to make the world go round by the services that they offer or the goods they offer or, you know, their little niche thing that they have to offer in the world. So, uh, it was definitely... Interesting to hear the various people who reached out to me and the different ideas that folks had. I went ahead and recorded this episode with her, but this does not mean by any means that this is over. I'm still welcoming other small businesses to reach out. So keep it coming. If you're a small business owner or you know a small business owner, I'm still going to continue this series of interviews. Any small businesses out there that have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic or been affected by the government and they're shut down or they've done something to try to overcome it. I'm definitely interested in hearing from you and getting your story out. So please be sure to contact me. You can call or text at 765-546-9796. Or you can email me at khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or hit me up on Facebook, Christopher H. Bilbury. It's facebook.com forward slash 318 I would love to talk to you hear how you're weathering this storm, and see if we can help you out in any way. We're getting ready to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will be joined by Kara Carnes, the owner, operator, and head stylist of Crave Salon in Newcastle, and we're going to hear about how COVID-19 and this whole mess has affected her, her employees, their business, and what she's doing about it. You're listening to Perception Is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury. This is episode 94. We'll be right back.
1: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19.
0: Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Now we go on the record with a one-on-one interview designed to engage, entertain, or enrage you. Perception is reality. On the record. All right. Welcome back to Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbury. This is episode 94, and we are joined, ladies and gentlemen, on the phone by Carla Carnes, the owner and operator of Crave Salon at 1809 South Memorial Drive, Suite B in Newcastle, Indiana. Carla joins us for this episode because we've been looking for businesses that have been affected by the virus and by the federal, state, and local governments' attempt to to stop the spread of the virus. We've wanted to give these small businesses, their owners, their employees, a chance to be heard and a chance for folks to hear what these people are going through. They are dealing with real life, real time implications of everything that is currently going on. So we have wanted to highlight the business and let people hear what they're dealing With, how they're trying to stay alive and give them a voice to express their gratitude or their frustrations and just allow them a platform where they can express all of their feelings and allow them to be heard. And so Carla is our first one and I want to say welcome to the show, Carla.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. So basically how this started was I've been talking about COVID-19 and the way that it has impacted us all for the last month. And honestly, I'm sick of talking about it. I think that most people are sick of hearing about it. But I've had a couple listeners suggest that I should try to reach out and talk to those that are on the front lines that have been fighting this. And a light bulb went off that I ought to try to give a voice to small business owners and, and Large business owners, honestly, anyone who is affected by this because so many people have been affected by it. And with you being a hair salon, basically the government has deemed you non-essential, so you have been affected by this because you're shut down, which means you're not making any money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We we are pretty much a full-service salon, and we cater night and day, seven days a week typically to our clients. And this is kind of an odd standpoint for us because we've never not been available for them. And we've always depended on them keeping us running and keeping our livelihood going. And this is kind of a new thing. So we're adjusting the best we can so it is, very, it is totally different than what I ever would have seen the summer of 2020, the spring of 2020, but here we are.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I don't think that most people could have imagined us being where we currently are, and I think that's part of the problem. Carla, how many years have you been in your line of work? 20. 20, 20 going on 20-some years, and you've had yep. your business for how long?
1: I've had um, Crave Salon for the last 10 but I was independently on my own eight years prior to that before I actually opened a salon to be able to house employees.
0: Great. Uh, Okay. So it's you and those two employees. And what is a full rundown of the services that your salon offers?
1: There are, like I said, three of us in the salon together. It's an awesome team. Our basic motto is to take care of every need that we can possibly take care of our for our clients. Color is probably our main service. That is something that I personally specialize in. My, my main focus is hair coloring for women of all different hair types. We offer waxing services. We have an amazing nail tech. Um, we do, she offers several different types of nails. We do perms. We do cut styles, colors, special events. We do lash extensions. We do make up for events also. So we kind of offer a little bit of everything along with product services. Like we sell products and do classes for the products that we do carry. So we are just pretty big into all of our con- continual education and, you know, being able to bring the best and the newest techniques to our our guests.
0: fantastic and so for those that might not know in the state of Indiana you have to be licensed in order to cut hair be a barber be a beautician own a salon and have things going on like you've mentioned and of course you guys are up to date on all of your licensing and all of that and I it, that's kind of a sticking point for various people in the political world depending on what your political belief is Like a lot of people who listen to this show and like my belief tends to be, it's good for you to go through the schooling and training that you guys go through and it's good for there to be a level of professionalism that you guys must achieve. But I tend to fall into the category of the group of people that feel like there should be less regulation than more regulation when it comes to the government and the free market and Capitalism, if I want to go to someone's kitchen to let them cut my hair. I feel like I should have that right. The person should be able to cut my hair. Uh, You know, I, I go back and forth. I just don't know necessarily that the licensing process should be as similar to those that go for pharmacy or nursing or whatnot. You could go back and forth arguing this, but the one thing that it does allow, specifically in this type of a situation, is you have to prove that you have an understanding of the the steps it takes to be clean and have proper hygiene and so at least in that way it gives people a little bit of a better feeling about the steps that one must take
1: I think it does I think it offers a um, comfort value in people I'm not saying that um, somebody who has did hair in their kitchen isn't a great artist also um, sure. we learn a little bit more things that you don't see on the outside of looking into the hair salon Things that are very important to the client's safety, to the client's health, you know, you about communicable diseases, things that they really need to know that I would never have known outside of the schooling. <laughs> so it's it's important for those things, but at the same time, an artist is an artist, so sure. I get it.
0: Absolutely. So getting back to the pandemic, when did you become aware that there was an issue? Are you someone that stays up to date on current events and watches the news or did you come to it late?
1: I actually spend a lot of my time, free time, watching the news. I've always, I've always enjoyed news. I've always liked to stay current on the events that are going on because it's conversation pieces for my salon. Sure. Um, so I did. I started following it probably around the end of February. Just little snippets here and there that were on the news. Different thing, people would bring up certain circumstances. And at the time, you're thinking, oh, it's so far away. Right. Like, this is, you know, you're not super concerned. You've heard of Ebola. You've heard of SARS. Okay. You know, you th- you think of these things. And it kind of blew it off. Well, when you started hearing about things here, I at I first got really, really nervous. Um, but then again, I thought, you know, we have this tough country. We can do this, you know. Right. Well, and then it got to the point where I remember hearing about, you know, multiple deaths in New York and hearing the things that were going on there and I, as a business owner, have a lot of my clientele, probably 85% are in the medical field. So this is a huge thing for me because they're some of the most respectful women that I know. And to see how they were sacrificing their self and the selflessness that they, they portray and the things that they do for us, I took it upon myself and spoke with my girls at the salon to voluntarily close down our salon for two weeks and that was before it was mandatory here
0: wow yeah so that's like a preemptive strike that you guys kind of did when would that have been time period wise
1: that i believe was on the 19th of march we were going to do a two-week shutdown just out of you know the courtesy of our guest it was going to be a it was a hard thought process i mean it it took a lot of, out of us because that is our livelihood and our only income but we felt that was our duty to our community to step up and say, hey, we're gonna put our health first and your health first and our families first. So that was a hard decision, but that was something we came to as a group. Never imagined that we would be hearing later that we were extended out into May 23rd. So that has been a hard bullet to to (laughs) handle. And, but we're doing what we have to do. Um, It's just something that I do totally agree with the social distancing. I do totally agree with closing down certain places, but I don't agree with how certain things have been I don't feel like, I don't think it's a fair level playing field for yes. some of the places that I've had to close and some of the places that have not. And like on the same page as that, to me in my book, I was able to have one guest come and sit in my chair, lock the door to where no one else could enter. And both of us were masks and gloves. And I worked directly behind them sure. and service that client. Then I could schedule a 30 minute shutdown between people to clean and sanitize and then you know, I felt like our practice could have been super safe. Oh, you mean common But we were totally sense. taken away. Yes. Yes. Com- that, the that again, sense sure, sure. And that again goes back to things I learned in the actual beauty school about the sanitation rules. You know, so sure. it it was things that I felt like we could have completely protected ourselves from, as opposed to when I can look across the street from my salon and see Speedway and see. 50 people in three hours go and hit the gas pumps without gloves and without, you know, so it it was a different, it was an eye opener. It's kind of made me have a little bit of a a misunderstanding on the process of elimination on which (laughs) jobs were essential and which were not. So that's been a hard one. That's been a very tricky one.
0: I can definitely understand that. And I feel like a lot of people are asking those same questions. You know, how did who decide what was essential or not essential you know there's just been in my opinion a lack of clear communication from basically everybody involved from the local to the state to the federal and back down again so that brings up an interesting question you say that you follow the news and that you're up on current events but that means different things for different aspects of the government. You know, people understand what's going on locally, but don't know what's going on federally or vice versa. So were you getting most of your news from the national news or like the indie channels or are you up on what's going on locally being a citizen of the city of Newcastle and then Henry County and then the state of Indiana? Where were you getting your directives from? Were you clear on who was saying what? Had you heard from the mayor of Newcastle? Had you heard from your or city council representatives? Had you heard from your county council or your county commissioners? Were you watching the governor's updates or are you just listening to the president's updates? Have you spoken to the health department at the county or state level? Where are you getting your information and who are you listening to?
1: Um, I did actually have to reach out myself because I hadn't had any news brought to me other than what I would look up myself. I did reach out to the health department to find out if there was ways that I could kind of dispute the fact of being essential if I put certain guidelines in and was told I could not because even the fact that we could do all those preventative things, we still had to physically touch the person. Right. So and that was something that I, we did get shut down for. As far as being in contact with the officials, I have not. I've tried to reach out a couple times to some representatives. That has gotten me in nowhere. I've spoke to assistants a few times. So, right. Um. yeah, it's kind of, you feel like you're kind of being failed on a level. Sure. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but we're in a position to where we're, forced to close down but yet the state still can't do anything about the unemployment for self-employed individuals That's... so it's been a very tricky tricky spot to be in
0: you've hit the nail on the head there first of all almost everybody feels as though they have been let down by the level of communication from from everybody a lot of these officials are speaking on a daily basis but they're not really saying much and they're repeating themselves a lot. And they're pointing their fingers in both directions saying, you know, go that way, follow those directions. And there's been a whole lot of just, I've never seen so much confusion on who's in charge and who we're supposed to be following. The quote unquote leaders are not actually stepping up and leading. So that's, the first thing you said there, I don't think that's being disrespectful at all, and that's just something that that a lot of people feel from this situation, a lot of people that I've talked to, beyond that. You hit the nail on the head as far as your unemployment, because I would assume that your employees are all subcontractors, basically, and it's like you're all self-employed, which would mean none of the three of you are eligible for unemployment, correct?
1: Yes, we had to go through the normal steps, just like everybody, and file with the Indiana Work for the general and regular unemployment, which we were told we would be denied, but we had to show a submission. So we went ahead and did that. And um, I've stayed pretty current and in contact with the workforce development. Um, They did a Facebook Live last Wednesday, and that was pretty informative to self-employed people. It did say that they are trying and they hope in the next coming weeks that they'll have it in place, a system to actually be able to handle the amount of self-employed people that are going to need it. They they currently have a disaster assistance plan, but they never had a pandemic plan. So there were two different things. They're, so they're trying to put in place the pandemic um, assistance program for us also, but They, again, can give us no dates. At this point, we've been almost a month, you know, without anything and without a lot of information other than that they're trying.
0: Well, and I'll be honest, the fact that you're hearing elected officials saying that they're trying is great because everybody's aware that this is something different that no one has ever dealt with before. So no one is trying to be unreasonable. But at the same time, trying doesn't pay your bills. Because it doesn't matter if you're at the salon or cutting hair or not. First of all, you have rent. Then you have your power, electric payment, your water payment, your your TV and internet. You probably have some kind of phone service. So those bills still need to be paid whether you're there taking in money or not. And not having a clear... Type of leadership to give you clear instruction or communication can get really frustrating really quickly. Let me ask you, did they give you some kind of time frame as to when you might be able to open back up?
1: Yeah, I was actually told um that from the health department that they had set a deadline for Henry County for May 23rd for us to be back open. Okay. So that was pretty much giving us right about 2 months of closure.
0: Man, that's just that's nuts. It's crazy. It's tough. It's heartbreaking and I understand while it might be necessary for some businesses to be closed or for businesses to change at least how they do things, to just say, you're closed two months, that's really tough. And, and I want to say, I've been very vocal about this from the beginning. My father owned a small business. It employed anywhere between 5 to 10, 15 different people at any given time. And this was not just a regular small business. It was a 115-year-old company. He was the fifth owner in those 115 years. It was more or less a family-owned business. My father started working there right out of high school and grew up in the company, became the lead salesman, became the shop manager, became the overall general manager, and then bought the company from the previous owner. And My father owned that until his death. It was a multi-million dollar a year company. It wasn't just a fly-by-night, you know, hang up a shingle, we're here today, gone tomorrow type of organization. It was a multi-million dollar a year company. And I have been very clear that if my father's company was still open today and he had to shut down in this same time period that we're talking it would have been the end of his business. It would have absolutely closed him down. And so, that's why I'm so passionate about what you guys are going through, because I understand it. That being said, there are some businesses out there that are in the financial situation that they can say, Yep, we can close down, it'll be a hardship, but we'll be okay. There are some businesses that can say, Yeah, we can shut down for this amount of time. Anything past this time will mean the end of the company. And then there are some companies that are like people do, living paycheck to paycheck or job to job, and they say, Yeah, we can't miss any time. So, with all of that in mind, you know, kind of where are you in that mix? And are you aware of the fact that there are some experts out there that are saying or have started saying Americans need to plan to be in this type of situation, this lockdown, social distancing type of situation for 18 plus months?
1: See, and, and I hate to agree with that, but I do. Right. I have a feeling it's going to extend way past this. Um as far as the livelihood and the mentality, like it it takes a lot. Like when you run a small business, I don't care the magnitude of it, your heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears, yep. and pride are wrapped up into this one thing. It's the dream that you try to chase, and it's it's the dream that you continue to chase, and to have it ripped apart is very hard. You understand you can't control a pandemic. I under I get that completely. But uh, I do honestly believe I will do everything in my power. I've been delivering products to clients. Um, i've started to do hair tutorials online oh wow um yeah so I, i'm trying to keep reach keep reaching out to them to let them know we have not forgotten them even though we can't contact them you know like we are here for you like i've been driving across towns, delivering products making sure that they get what they need but i honestly christopher think that it, it's going to exceed the may 23rd by far i i think uh, on a certain level that's a good thing. I mean, I don't know how soon we people need to open up with this kind of thing going around, but I, I, I can't even tell you where we would be at that point in the business. Because you want to say you can survive it, but you know, you you pay all your bills every month, and at, at some point, you're going to run out.
0: Right, right. <laughs> so
1: it, you know, you stay positive. That's all you can do. But
0: yeah, it's tough. I completely understand that. And what I can tell about you is being around my father and watching him and his business and, and what he had to do and, and him fight and, and what he was able to make it was just truly an inspiration. And I can hear that in you because I, I very much believe that you either have the drive or you don't. And not everybody does. And it's, it's something that you can easily find because it's the people who have the ingenuity and the drive to do what it takes. Like you said, okay, you can't be cutting hair, you can't be doing waxes and, and other aspects of the business that you would be doing hands-on in the salon, but you've started delivering product, and you've started doing hair tutorials. So you're saying, okay, shit, it's hit the fan, We're in some trouble, and now what? You're not just laying down and dying. You're looking around and saying, what else can I do to keep this alive? This is not just a place of business. This is not just a job. This is my life, and this is the livelihoods of these two other employees and my family. So I must do what I have to do to keep it going, and I can hear that drive in you. Let me ask you this question. If you had a direct line to the governor's office, if you had a direct line to your county commissioners, to the state board of health officials, or to your county board of health officials, if you had the platform to tell these people what you think, what What would that be? What would you tell them? Is it something that you would say, hey, I understand what's going on. You guys are saying we should be closed, so I would still be closed and understand that it's tough? Or would you say, yeah, we would be open. I would take every precaution, and if folks didn't want to come and have services done through us during this time I completely understand it but we would be open for the people who wanted to come out and have work done and we would take every precaution possible but we would be open what would your message be to the officials if they were listening to you right now and I will tell you there are definitely people from various aspects of the local and state governments that do listen from time to time so if you had their ear what would you say
1: interesting okay so I absolutely would bring forth my my concerns to them because I think they're valid Um, I think I I totally agree with shutting certain things down like I mentioned before, Um, but I do believe that there are proper ways that I could remain open a one-on-one basis. I would gladly switch and only let one girl at a time per day work. That way we had some kind of way to survive. Um, I believe that if I walked into Walmart today, I am going to be in there. There's absolutely no way in this world between each customer that everything in that store can be sanitized. There's, there is absolutely none. It doesn't happen. They can clean the carts as well as they can and I think I'm thankful that they do that. Right. But at the same time, I literally have the ability to sanitize every single thing a person can touch sure. before the next person comes in. So to when I look at it on a level like that, I don't understand the closures of certain things. Um, I have a friend, um, Chris Walker, he owns a gym in Newcastle, and he has the ability to not even touch the person, to stay six foot away, to do his training sessions, he's also closed down. So I, I don't understand, like, our safety, and I will come in contact with maybe seven clients a day from a distance, gloved, sanitized, but yeah, we can all go and be in mass groups at these other places like Kroger and Walmart, and I know those are essential stores. I'm thankful they're open. I'm thankful for the hard workers that work there. But I do believe there's a lot of other ways that we could go about being open, being safe and doing our part to society too. Sure. Because here's something that I don't think a lot of people think about. I completely think of this because I've been kind of emotional about this. I told you earlier about 85% of my clientele are in the medical field. These people in the medical field are dealing with stuff we have no idea what they're dealing with and I can't imagine what they're going through. That being said, I had a nurse reach out to me, tell me that she wished so bad she could just come and do her hair session because a lot of these women will literally use us as you know a crutch emotionally for them. Yes. They vent to me. I know about their divorces and their births <laughs> and their children and yeah. their jobs. And and it's something they're not comfortable to tell a lot of their close, close friends because they don't want judged. Right. I've had several of my nurse friends call me just to be able to vent because they missed a talks. And I think those things are essential in a way for certain people. And I'm sure that'll get a giggle out of some people, but it is one no, no. to people's mental health right now. Absolutely. Mental health is a huge deal right now, and I think it's affecting a lot of people.
0: Well, and I'll take it a step beyond that. They've told a lot of people with longer hair to get their hair cut, to keep it out of their faces, to keep it out of the way of their masks. They've told men with beards to shave their beards. And so beyond just the emotional, mental health aspect of being able to talk to a trusted friend, someone that you go to and that you tell secrets to that you don't tell anyone else there is a hygiene and health related issue with having a lot of hair and look my hair grows fast three four weeks without a haircut and I have got something crazy going on so it it is essential.
1: It absolutely is. Beyond that. It's, uh, hygienic and safety yeah. because this virus can attach to your hair. Yeah.
0: Beyond that, though, everybody's locked in. You know, we're, we're in this, seems like this cycle where I, I, I my grandparents said that they're changing out of their nighttime pajamas to get into their daytime pajamas. They eat, <laughs> they lay Very down, and take a nap to wake up, to eat, to lay down and take a nap, to wake up and eat, and then to go to bed. Yeah. And yes. I'm starting to see people. Matter of fact, I saw on your Facebook before we started that you said, you know, you were going to get up and, and, you know, get all prettied up, get your hair done. And, and just whether or not you leave the house or you go outside, just act like a person again. Try and to feel normal. the folks yeah. that are at home that are suffering from this isolation and and not being able to be in, in groups of more than two or three and that just want to feel like a normal human again it would Absolutely. be a beneficial thing for them to be able to go and get their hair cut to feel like they're you know a person and have that interaction like you've said and so many people yeah. like you said might laugh at that but that is a real thing people will talk to their barber or their their hairdresser before they'll go and talk to a psychologist a lot they of times do. And so they that do. that does produce a, a very, very much needed service. And so that's, that's really interesting that you bring that up. Let me ask you as far as getting small business loans or doing other things that the government might offer. One, is there anything like that that you've looked into? And two... Uh, If you haven't looked into it, is it because you just don't think that is right for you or you're not aware of what the government offers as far as that? I mean, where are you at with that? Or is that something at this point you still don't feel like you need, but maybe if this continues on, you might need? You know, where where are you at with that?
1: Sure. So I actually have, I've had plenty of time on my hands to <laughs> do a lot of research. Right. So that being said, um, I've really followed a lot of the links on our state sites. Um, they've been pretty, pretty good about posting different divisions that they, uh, different divisions within their system that will help small business owners. What I have been coming in contact with about the situations and about the loans for one, most of them are loans and me being such a small business, that is scary to think because you're yeah. going to pay that back. Right. Um. There are some programs that are offered right now. A lot of the ones I've came across, I have been denied because I don't have more than 50 employees. <sighs> yep. So that was another that's another obstacle. The secondly, because my my employees that I work with, my amazing coworkers, they are contractors. So I would get denied because of that, because they were not considered actual employees. Right. Um. And they actually pay a booth rent to me because I pay a salon rent. So I've made it to where they do not have to pay anything. This whole time, because I just don't want them to hurt. Also, sure, um, it's it's a big deal. It's it's a very hard thing to balance. Right now, I'm still surviving. It's okay. I can't say I can't rule it out in the future, but as of right now, the things I've read, I qualify for maybe 10% of those, but 10% of those are scary to think about committing to. So I've been on the fence real hard with that. I try to be financially smart.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, yeah, very, very good. So beyond the business aspect of it, because so much of being a small business owner is your entire life is wrapped up in it. So, so goes the business, so goes... The rest of your life how are you doing personally you your family your your children you know you said before we went on air that there have been some people that have reached out to help you and your co-workers from the community let's talk about that for a moment
1: this is they say with everything that's negative you find so many positives and I have literally spent so many days with tears in my eyes since this has happened because of the kindness of people. I cannot stress enough that I have always looked at my clients more than just that. They are my bosses, they are my friends, they are my family, along with my coworker. And I, I, uh, I start to get choked up right now, but I have been reached out to by several of my amazing friends and clients offering to one, just send me money. And I plead and tell them no, because that's, right. I, that's never been something I've been okay with, you know, yeah. I've always been one to want to help others, so it's very hard to be on the other side of the fence, but these women will take they will not take no for an answer right <laughs> so right. and and I am overly grateful. I have had women that have contacted me and paid to for the service that they would have missed right now and also to prepay for their other services to come. Wow. I've had women that have contacted me that I know are on fixed incomes. I mean, you don't have a bigger heart than the people that I've been dealing with. I've had gift cards sent to me for groceries. I've had people just offering anything that they can. And it is so hard on my end to accept anything, but I also know that it is um it it's a time that we're not used to. Yeah. And I beg and plead to not take it, but with tears in my eyes, I accept it because I realize I'm a single mother with two little boys trying to make it, and and I, it's a slap in their face if I tell them no.
0: You're exactly correct, and I never really thought of it like that because, you know, nobody likes asking for help, especially if you're a small business owner. You kind of want to do it on your own, you don't want to owe anybody, and you just want to be able to say you did it. I always saw that in my father. But I interviewed a gentleman a while back, and I don't know if you followed the story of Christian Darty or not. He's the young boy who had an inoperable brain tumor, and his father posted their journey using the title Onward Christian Soldiers. And when I interviewed him, he was talking about all of the people that liked to donate and, you know, help them along their journey to be able to do things with Christian and with the rest of the family. And, you know, he talked about the fact that he didn't like accepting this money, but, you know, they were in a situation where, God, you just had to, but he said, you know, it got to the point where he understood that it's a blessing for these people to be able to give and saying no kind of takes that blessing away from these people. So you just kind of have to get to the, the point where you realize if you're doing everything that you can do and you're doing the very best to fight and to do right. And if someone's offering to help you, they are in the position where they can help or they feel the calling to help or or whatever the situation is they wouldn't be helping if they couldn't or they wouldn't be helping if they didn't want to they wouldn't be helping if it wasn't a true calling on their heart and you know you you just, you, you never know what's going on there and and so it's a truly a blessing for people to be able to to do what they're doing And so you just kind of have to see it as that. Moving on to a little bit more pleasant topic. Let me ask you about your children. You talked about uh, having kids before we went on air. How old are they? And uh, tell us a little bit about your children.
1: I have two awesome, adorable little boys. Um, Camden, he just turned six in February. And I have Easton, who will be five in July. Wow. They're everything to me. Yep. Right, so <laughs> they keep that drive going. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
0: So you're not into the school age or, or the it was a six year old in kindergarten.
1: Yep. He's in kindergarten. We have he goes to Blue River. Um, He is an amazing teacher. We keep in contact. They have Zoom classes that they do for my little ones preschool also. So they've really made it a point to be interactive with them to help them with things and to make sure the kids can can see other classmates through the Zoom program, through the oh, Zoom yeah. app. It's pretty cool, it's pretty important.
0: It's good that you've got two kids because they're able to play off each other. I read a post the other day that, that I didn't even think about because I, I had a brother growing up. Imagine the people who have like one kid. This oh, would be yeah. <laughs> just insane. For, Constant you know.
1: entertaining.
0: Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I seems, get it. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like it would be crazier having multiple kids, but at least at that time, they Can kind of entertain each other and kind of help each other if you've just got one kid at this point yes. and they're you know someone <laughs> used to having friends or, or being around mm-hmm. people and they're not, that's that's crazy. Yeah,
1: I'm lucky mine are built in best friends, and oh, it works yeah. really well. <laughs> Absolutely, that's
0: that's great. That's great. Well, Carla, we're just about out of time, but before we go, I'd like to ask if there's anything that you would like to say or anything you'd like to mention that we haven't talked about, anything we haven't hit upon, anything you'd like to talk to anyone listening about. Coming from a small business owner in East central Indiana.
1: Something I do just want to say is just thank you to everybody that's reached out. Even I get these messages from friends, from clients, from people I barely know, even just checking on us. Right. And that, that's super important because um, it is an industry that's non-essential to most people. Um, To us, it's everything. Thank you. And thank uh, your listeners and all of our friends and family who support us and help us. And um, I, 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 honestly cannot wait to come back even stronger from this because sure. I can't wait to give back to the community. Like absolutely. to see how much they've reached out to me, I cannot wait. Like it gives me chills to think about giving back. I can't even wait. So that's, I appreciate really the time good. you gave me here. It
0: was absolutely my pleasure. Let me ask you before we end where can people find you if they want to get in touch are you on social media if they want to watch your hair tutorials or ask you questions about product or to get in touch with you to set up appointments once this is over, because that's the thing that we need to keep in mind. We need to keep the faith, we need to keep strong, we need to hold the line, because this will be over, and God willing, we will be able to come out stronger than ever before. So where can people find you? How can people stay in touch? What's your... Tutorials or ask about products or set up future appointments.
1: Okay, you they are more than welcome to add me on Facebook personally because I share also to that as it's Carla Carnes. That's C-A-R-L-A, C-A-R-N-E-S, and then my salon is Crave color salon on Facebook. Um, We do posts, we do giveaways, we do little positive quotes daily just to kind of uplift people, little funny things. So because in a time like this, you know, laughter does heal a lot of things.
0: Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have been speaking with Carla Carnes, the owner, operator, and head stylist at Crave Salon, located at 1809 South Memorial Drive, Suite B in Newcastle, Indiana. Phone number there is 765-465-8413. Carla, I appreciate you coming on today, talking with us, giving us a little bit of inside look at how... COVID 19 is affecting business owners. I want you to keep your head up, stay in the fight, hold the line. And, God willing, when this is all over, you'll come out stronger. When things open back up, I'll have to come down and get haircuts from each one of you and your girls.
1: I would love that. We would absolutely love that. And I can't thank you enough for giving us time to get a little bit of a voice in the situation. So, thank you, Christopher.
0: It was my pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been speaking with Harla Carnes. We will definitely stay up to date with what's going on with her business and Can't wait to talk with her after things open back up. And sticking with the theme of small businesses, I have to read the sponsor of this 94th episode of Perception is Reality is none other than Reliable Plumbing Services, RPS, the company owned by Mark Bolin and Sherry Sheeline. Reliable Plumbing Services is your plumbing specialist 28 years experience sewers drain service sewer locating sewer camera water jetting sewer installations general plumbing toilet installs service and water heaters septic repairs installs new water lines and much much more they offer senior citizen discounts military discounts and I'm sure if you call and tell Mark Bolin that you heard the ad on Perception is Reality, he'll work something out for you there as well. To contact the folks at Reliable Plumbing Services, please call 765-252-3665 or email msplumbing2018 at att. Alright folks, that's going to just about do it for this episode. I really enjoyed talking to Carla. Being a small business owner is something that I can relate to with my father having been a business owner basically all of my life. I realize the passion, I understand the heartache, I understand the joys and how tough it can be all wrapped up into one basket that you deal with 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. When you are the small business owner, you don't go home and shut off. It's in the back of your mind, in the forefront of your mind all the time, and especially now, in these situations, it just absolutely would have to be frightening. So, if you're a business owner, or you know a small business owner, someone who has been fighting Through this pandemic, somebody who has closed their doors or had to rework how they do business to try to stay afloat, if you've been having problems, or if you've managed to do well during this time, please reach out. We would love to feature you on the podcast and to spread the word to each and every one of our listeners. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. This is episode 94, and we'll be right back. Perception perception is reality reality perception is reality, reality. Alright, that's going to do it for this 94th episode of Perception Is Reality. Again, I want to give a very special shout out and thanks to Carla Carnes. Keep up the good work and God bless. For all you listeners, be sure to share the show with everyone you know. Remember, we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites simply by searching Bilbry Podcast, as well as the home link at Perception.Fireside.fm. Until next time, stay active, stay involved, stay safe, and for all of us here at Perception Is reality. God bless. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796 Till next time remember perception perception is, is reality reality This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H Bilberry where we aim for better government through citizen involvement